Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast, guys. It's been a couple of weeks, but we have another ripping show. We touch on the world's time trial. We put our predictions in for the world's road race. We touch on safety concerns around, was it terrorism? Is that, should we say that around cycling previously in the past? Um, you just have to listen to the show to find out, I suppose. But there's plenty of good insight into the, uh, the things that you love to hear from us. Jeez, you've made a good show sound bad. Oh, I man. don't know what to do. I can't you've remember just, what we spoke You've just about. put off like people, five people who've got this intro and just gone. Now, the, the, the beauty thing is they're suckers for punishment. The yeah. shittest show they'll still listen to. And it was like a blur. It oh, was like a blur, that show. I can't remember what to talk about. Like, share, subscribe. You'll enjoy it. It doesn't go out. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. This is going to be a good one. I can sense it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. And we're fucking G. Are we? Ah. I'm so excited. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. From Su Chin, Kendall Kerr. Bruce <laughs> George Bennett, you deserve this, big fella. What's that salute? He's, <laughs> he's, he's put the finger straight through the one ply. We hmm. try and create a comfortable environment. There's no bullshit. There's just so many of them, aren't there, though? They just don't like it. Nelson, be proud. Yeah, baby. Hello, guys. As promised, we we came back. Did we came back. At a certain we used point. we used the forbidden intro too. I pressed the wrong button. That's yeah, why George it? said never use it again. What? Why don't you want it used, George? Oh, I just actually. Just you don't like seeing yourself much, winning races. That's much, oh, you just, need I to go like see it. a shrink. You need to the, see a shrink. The previous one was better when everyone was just calling me an asshole, Esteban. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I had a weird dream about Esteban that I was playing like. Computer games with them last night. Man, that's weird. It's was really weird. Cod. Yeah, we're flying around in helicopters on like war zone or something. Bizarre. Yeah, right. Um jeez. Got a few things to talk to a shrink about, I think. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we call this this episode a day on the couch with George Bennett? If you want to lie down, mate. You go lie I down. I was talking more. Jonesy to already before off air about my morning. And uh <laughs> I had um dope and control like really early like just before six this morning and um this guy that comes he's such a nice guy but he just came in you know obviously like for, for doping control to come it must be a lot of like behind the scenes admin so like i come up on the top of a mountain in andorra there's no hotels near whatever like it's a long way from anywhere and this guy's spanish so he's obviously either gotten up at i don't know two this morning driven here got everything ready, whatever, or he stayed somewhere last night. But, you know, either way, he's ready to go. And at 6 a.m., I'm just, first, I'm, like, fumingly angry, even though I try as good as I can to be, like, a nice guy for the doping control. Like, this is good. This is good for our sport, everything like this. But, like, it's so hard to be positive when someone's rung your doorbell at 6 a.m., then gets you to piss in a thing and then stuck, sticks a needle in your arm and takes some blood out. So, you know, he's come in at, like, a 9. You know, he's come in, like, Good morning. <laughs> and I was telling Jonesy he struggled to get to the door. We had a bit of a we had a bit of a <laughs> encounter in the doorway where I'd put my my recycling and he's he's a he's a big rig, this guy, and he couldn't get to the door and there's recycling oh, going everywhere. He he's a good man, eh? Yeah, great guy. Yeah. But he's he's so positive, you know. He's a nurse from Barcelona. And Caitlin's obviously we're in a pretty small place up here, and it's like the lounge and then our bathroom. So I try and give him the hints like, like, hey mate. Okay, let's go to the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, It'd be a tough job. It'd be a tough job. 
Nah, I'm just sitting there like bugger that. And it's actually, like, like he's got a mask on and stuff, and like everyone's relaxing with masks. He's been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. And I still at first I was like, ah, oh, mask. And then the reason what convinced me 100% to put my mask on was so I could just have a completely resting bitch face. You know, just n- nothing COVID, just so I could sit there and just stare at him with my mouth, like, closed. While like Shredder. Just, joke, yeah. Joking control, joking control is like um, the epitome of shoot the messenger. Don't shoot yeah. the messenger, but yeah. we do shoot the messenger. Because 100%. there's so many stories of, like, you go riding with somebody, like oh, I had fucking doping control this morning at six o'clock. They woke the kids up. Fucking yeah. piss me off. You're like, I understand but, that, but at the same time, like they just they are simply told by the organisations, whether it's WADA or New Zealand Drug, what's New Zealand Drug Drug Free, drug sport, free sport, Drug Free Sport New Zealand or whoever it is, like you need to test this person between this hour and this hour. You know, yeah. and nine times out of ten, it's early in the morning, six a.m. or seven a.m. or something, Ooh. and they like come in. Yeah, they, they, they're walking into the lion's den. They're literally yeah. like doused in blood and thrown in the mm. ocean and said, good luck, mate. And you they know? get into like a, a cyclist, like someone who's like, especially someone who's like stripping weight or someone's just passed off. They've just done all they've got like six hours or they've got intervals coming up. And like, like for me, it was like um, when he rang, I'm like, oh, why are they always so fucking early? And then I look on my time slot and my time slot starts at six in the morning. So like, yeah, that's like I put like I made them I made them come early. Like if I put my time slot at eight, they probably would have come at eight o'clock. How mm. long's the time slot window? One hour. Oh, okay. But well, they can come have... any time they like in a day. But there's one hour a day where you have to be. Uh, okay. You cannot be there. Like I couldn't even be. I couldn't pop out for milk between six and seven or okay. five and six or whatever. Yeah, because obviously, like to a certain degree we have to be able to live our lives like we have to be able to go and socialize and go train and go to the supermarket so although they can come at any time if they come outside of that one hour time slot if you're not home it's not it's not deemed as a missed test because you know you could be out supermarket or whatever but that one hour that you you dedicate and most i think generally speaking most bike riders do it in the morning because we're all home in the morning i have like i think mine's seven to eight in the morning um if they come and ring your doorbell then and you're not home between that one hour, that's that's, that's strike one. And obviously, yeah. mm. for those that don't know, three strikes and it's a two-year holiday. So it's it's worth being home for that hour. But it's it's the it's the end of the quarter, isn't it? The quarter. So we, we the drug the you know the whereabouts system works in quarters. I suppose like anything in the world, economies, um, all sorts. But um, <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I had a drug test this morning. I did for I know. But it's the end of the so. it's the end of the quarter. It's the end of the quarter, and if you ha- and you pretty much have to have. I think there's an allotted amount, one or two tests that everyone has to have within a quarter. So if you haven't been tested and you're in the last, week oh of the yeah, quarter, prepare yourself. Now Such I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, because yeah. okay. a quarter Good. this this current drug testing quarter ends in a week. Yeah, so and then, what, and then what happens? They, they, they. After that, there's a window where you get a break, or ne- it never ends. No, no, no. no you get tested it constantly. They're basically, like, they've yeah. got a quota, so they know that we've got to yeah. test everybody at least twice a quarter or whatever. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going, "Oh, shit, the quarter's ended," so I even said like last night, I was like, "I'm going to get a drug test soon," because I was thinking like, "Oh, I haven't had one for a while," and like you said, I already did my whereabouts for the next quarter, all the stuff. So I was like, "Oh, it's coming." Boom, six in the morning. So I should have just gone. Oh, should have just changed it. 
if you're a tester, you want to be based in Girona to fill your quota with so many bike riders like Andorra, Girona. That'd be awesome for them. It's the riders mm. that are remote up in Whoop Whoop that you'd be going, oh, fuck. I've got to drive yeah. two hours to do that one. Imagine like you're testing Swain Tuft when he was oh. a cyclist, you know, it has one hour slotters. Like he's just doing a three day overnight trip with, you know, the top of 4,000 meters high in a tent. Yeah. And you have to. Most people have to helicopter in to test them. Old yeah, mate would have hated it. You got to put mm. your. He, I think he just puts his GPS coordinates in. Like I, mm. we went. I went camping with him one night actually a few years ago in Andorra. Just yeah, like not really in the wilderness. We we're only probably as a crow flies five hundred meters from the road, but still like we were in the bush. And I was like, "What do we do for our whereabouts?" And he's like, oh, "I just put the GPS coordinates." <laughs> I, 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 I'm GPS coordinates. That'd be cool if they came. I reckon. Just turn up to these three dudes, me, Durbo, and Swaino sleeping on the, in a bivouac or whatever they're called underneath the underneath the stars. Yeah, but I, I reckon like having the doping control job, it'd be like those guys that read gas meters, like going into the unknown. Like you have to read the meter. You don't know if there's a wild dog. You don't know what you're going to be walking into. But you know, like with the testers, very rarely would people be like, "Hey, come in, have a coffee." You're all SI parking inspectors. You're always going to be greeted mm. with like, "Ah." Oh, Fucking hell. I've heard but, a few yeah. real hostile people talking about a few real hostile welcomes I've given and, and the most hostile one that I've come across, which has happened from two different people I know multiple times, is that they've always had to take a shit. They can't take a pee without taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, because it's the morning. Yeah, it's the morning. It's the morning. It's the morning bowel movements. So, so they this poor bloke has to sit in while they're taking a dump, peeing into a oh. <laughs> But then at the same time, they they chose to do that. Yeah. You know, imagine, you just, imagine just sitting there going, this is my life, and then you hear this blue. <laughs> like, just look like, eye contact with a guy staring you down. I couldn't do it. I don't know. guy I, just I, smiling at you? Yeah. One of those, you've got this shitty little cyclist just smiling. Just give us a second. If I was a writer, I'd almost just be like, you know what? Just Give me the pause. Give me the strike. Give me the strike. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> shit. Oh, anyway. what's, what's been going on, boys? Update us. What's been happening since last time? You've been racing bulls at Slovakia. I just got back like? Got back last night from Tour of Slovakia. It was a good race, actually. Um, yeah. Boogeyman said was, it was fresh air, really well organized, bugger all transfers. It was really well organized. Pretty much every day was, it reminded me a bit of the Tour of Lankawi. Like, it, oh, yeah. it was com- completely different because it's not southeast asia wait a minute what <laughs> yeah how can you say it was really good and nice yeah it's like like with the exception that it was 12 degrees and raining and not 34 degrees and humid um it was five days not 16. five days not 16 <laughs> and on a different continent um what was the similarities then oh we finished by the hotel most days uh. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but no, it was it was really well organized. Well organized. We started and finished basically at the hotel. It was really one day. I think we had a one hour transfer. That was. I love how this is your assessment of a race. Is like, was it a good race? Was how long were the transfers? Like, mm. not like yeah, like great start list. Like really well balanced parkour. Like oh no, I didn't have much transfers. It was a good race, and I got home the night of the race. So yeah, it was, it was yeah. fucking sweet. Yeah. Buffets, great. Although it did it did take us two days to get there because Slovakia is they haven't got an airport. Don't they? Really? I don't. I don't. I, don't think, I think that's have... a rogue fact. That can't be true. Well, they, they have an airport, but they have. What I mean by that is they don't have any convenient flights into that airport. 
So Mate, we had just to... because Ryanair doesn't fly there doesn't mean that they don't have an airport. <laughs> They've got an airport. So but... this is podcast home of rogue facts. Yeah, facts that so we, we believe to be true. We had to we had to leave two days before. We flew at nine pm from Barcelona to Budapest. We slept in the airport hotel in Budapest after arriving there at midnight, and then we drove the following morning four hours to uh, I don't know if you know the name of the town somewhere in Slovakia where we started. But yeah, it was was well organized. We started with a two uh, one and a half k prologue. You don't see a lot of them. Nah. One and a half k. Nah. Road bikes. <clears throat> road bikes. Remind what did you go start. with? Did you go with full sprint out of the blocks, seated to the corner? It was a U bolt, wasn't it? And then deck. Yeah. It was a. Um... Hi, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> First appearance on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um. Um, but it's rattled, yeah, Jack. No, it's rattled. <laughs> I went with the um, yeah, I went with the full sprint, like the controlled full sprint. You know, you can't go. Well, oh, I, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I went with your max wattage for the first 30 seconds. You were my max wattage for the first minute and a half, I think. Yeah, that no, was hard. They hurt those sort of products, but it was good. Caden won. I got a, I got 50th, which was good. There's very but little like, thought though going into that design of the stage if it's literally just up U bolt and then back. Like, yeah, but Jones it finished by the hotel, so well, there you go. As long no, as it's as good as Lane Cowie, I'm uh, <laughs> no, it was good. It was a cool course, like it was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an overly an oversimplified uh, course, but it was cool because it was like in the main like restaurant street, you know, the yeah. equivalent of going up and down the Rambler. On we used to do one of those night. at Sun Tour in Melbourne, yeah, we used exactly. to rip down yeah, the park. Yeah, yeah. That was but, good. Yeah. You know, people would sort of, I think I think what happened there was we would rip down the main strip of Alfresco Diners, just sort of mm. on this cobble. On a and Friday evening. Friday evening. I think everyone just, like, being Australians or being Southern Hemisphere just was like, fucking cyclists. So even in my Friday evening, you know, like, just trying to sit out here with their trading workmates and smash beers and they're just cyclists ripping up and down. Yeah. Well, speaking, yeah, of, but- speaking of tradies in Melbourne, there was a big brawl today. The unions, like, all the... Construction workers is thirty percent of the COVID cases are on construction sites, and the union have come out. The CFMEU said, "Right, everyone has to get a jab by Thursday." And you know, when you're dealing with a lot of these tradie types, you know, big meat axes, like they don't want to be told shit. Hmm. You know, <laughs> they just want their sausage roll, their big M milks, and do the job, and that's it. And mate, they kicked off today. Really? Because yeah, they're they're doing chants like "stick that jab right up your ass, dude." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. They're throwing they're throwing stuff at the bloke comes out. Uh, the boss of the union, he's this big, full of tats, and you know he's got the mullet, and you know he gets on the speaker. He's going, guys, guys, we have worked our asses off to keep you guys open and to keep the construction business going. Do you want us to just shut it all down? And then everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like not the not the response he wanted, and then when he realised, oh shit, I better get out of here. He's turned around. Everyone's throwing like bottles and bloody milk, and some bloke got hit, hit in the head with a, a you know those big bread crates. I don't know oh, where they pulled a bread crate from, but this guy got belted with a bread crate, and mate, it just kicked off. Well, I just... saw like Joe Rogan was tweeting something. He's lost the plot, man, hasn't he? He's oh he's... yeah. He's he's gone off the cliff in a big way recently. I thought he used to be a pretty just kind of interesting guy, but he's actually he's lost his shit. But well, what's he, he, uh, what's, what's the thing that he said that really made you go? Oh, that's it. Oh, I think it was the horse. 
the the ivermedicine i'm gonna i'm treating myself for covid with this and because he recovered said yeah it was because i took this horse no and my brother's a vet and uh it doesn't help it's like, like when my, trump said to stick bleach up your ass yes it's something <laughs> it was similar vein so but he was tweeting all these photos of australia just big riots and these poor cops getting the shit bitten out of the mud. oh yeah that happened on saturday what was that so they said they knew that a protest was happening and then the cops said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to ring fence the city because they all want to come into the city and we just won't let them in. All anti-vaxxers. All anti-vaxxers, but also people because, mate, we're going to be the number one lockdown city in the world. I think we're up to 230-something days and people are just over it now. And yeah. um, so there's a mix, anti-vaxxers and people just protesting the government. So then they've ring fenced it, but they've just pushed them out to the suburbs. So then everyone gets together in Richmond and then I heard that there was 50 cops who just um, graduated on Friday. They got thrown into the front line on the Saturday. So oh. you've got these young cops, you know, with their hands shaking on the capsicum spray and they didn't have any proper riot gear or anything like that and they're scattered all over the city. And there, there was one incident where people got bowled over and there was this 70-year-old lady who just got knocked to the ground and then this young cop just sprayed capsicum spray in her face. But what's uh, capsicum, capsicum spray? Pepper spray. Yeah, spray. I, I understand that, but why do they call it that? Literally, no, it's made of the capsicum seeds. You ever put those things in your eye? You ever touched your eye after crushing one of the seeds? No. Not a, that capsicum, was like the weird thing that people used to do at school. Like, capsicum yeah. aren't spicy though, are they? Well, the yeah, pips might have yeah, a bit spicy. of pep. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's all the same family as a pepper, isn't yeah. it? That's why they call a capsicum a pepper. Yeah, right. So anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's kicked off. It's so pretty it's, interesting it's with this, spray like a PC way of saying pepper spray. Is there some yeah, new? It is, is there some new woke same law? Thing. Some no, well, you know, woke, no, woke US call that you can't say pepper spray or something. Well, Australia we call them capsicums. In America they call them peppers. Is it offending like, salt? Like, is it offending salt by saying pepper spray? Yeah. All right, Joe Rogan. Do you think this is? Do you think that this is interesting though? Right, like just thinking about the the makeup of this protest. So you've got these blokes. That don't want to get vaccine, they mm. don't want to get the jab. Then you've got these other guys that don't want to be locked down, but are mm. probably really Causing fucked more off. Yeah. Probably really fucked off at the people that aren't getting their jab because they, you know, they're the reason that it's not it's mm. not opening up, you know, because people aren't getting vaccinated or whatever. So you've got mm. these two groups that have just gone, they hate each other, but they've come together, they've been united by their common hate of, you know, this government or whatever. Yeah. And then they've just come together and gone, right, it's this policeman's fault. And they've just, oh yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, at the end of the day, the stupid thing is you get people's rights to go, I don't want to be forced to have a job because I don't really know what's going in or whatever. But, geez, when you're in a once in a hundred year pandemic, sometimes you just got to go, fuck it, I'll just follow the, follow the sheep. Just yeah, follow yeah. the sheep. If we like all go down like, with the sink, if we all go down with the Titanic, we'll play the violins and fucking whatever. Yeah, we had a good run. Just, we had a good run. Pan, it's been definitely, it's it's one of the worst timed pandemics, eh, in terms of everything oh, else. Yeah. All the other movements around the world at the moment, which like the anti-vax movement, I've never really heard about it until, you know, in the last two or three years, it's sort of popped up, you know. And then now you have this big anti-vax movement just at the same time as this pandemic hits where everyone we need everyone to get vaccinated yeah. and the, the movement's just like it's just so badly timed like if this pandemic came like five years ago we've been fine yeah but yeah anyway. but the problem is, the problem is you hear so many stories of these anti-vaxxers that are dying in like florida and all that 
and they're getting near the end. They go, nah, I should have got fucking vaxxed. And so, yeah, no shit. Like, no shit. So, anyway. There was this one lady... A lady died in, I think it was in, I think it was actually New Zealand, George. I don't know if you saw this lady. She, she's 67 year old. No, she's sorry. She's American. She's from uh, one of the, one of the states that has a really low vaccination rate. And she was double vaccinated and she, but she was immunocompromised and she got COVID and she, she died. Mm. And then people were saying, oh, I see like she's, she was vaccinated and she still died from COVID. And the family did this like pretty like hard hitting eulogy that's mm. been, covered across the world saying like no she didn't die because she was double vaccinated she died because you guys weren't like people weren't and mm. like you know like if she she was double vaccinated but she caught COVID from people who weren't vaccinated who were. and you know mm. like in some way they they put it back back on them and i was like that's actually i fucking rate that well the government's like, done the roadmap here to say when we get to 80 percent, we're gonna uh open up outdoor dining for 50 double vaxxers hairdressers double vaxxers everything has the for double vaxxers at the end of it so basically people that don't get the jab they're mm. not going to be able to do shit like that's how it is that's how it is in lots of parts of europe at the moment they, as well. they opened up um last night they opened up the slots for new zealand so like they can say okay the miq slots and we had some friends who are trying to book it's a new system it's not like what we used to do just try and get a slot it's like you go into this lottery to get a slot in the managed isolation and they went on you get put in this lobby you're like okay you're in the queue and then 30 minutes we're going to open it up and we're going to randomize you a, a number in the queue and they got randomized and they were queued, they were position number twenty four thousand. trying to get <laughs> oh jesus yeah i saw that sold out in 63 minutes or something yeah yeah. Uh, anyway. But I, uh, I I made some notes, Bills. Uh, yeah, we're getting bogged down on pandemic. Yeah, we are. Let's get well, out of here. Like, in a, so in other news. Just, so just for the listeners out there, if you're not if you if you're new to the show, um, there's actually a pandemic happening at the moment. So stay alert. Keep your head on a swivel. Mm. Um, and get the jab. Good luck. And good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see that was funny? That uh, I thought you'd be into this, George, because it talks about nuclear submarines and uh, that trade deal Australia, UK, and the US did. We had a ninety billion dollar deal with France, right, to take their subs, and they were, they were going to take fucking ages, and it was just going nowhere. You know, the, it was two years, dropped three bill, and I think the Aussie government were like, well, fuck, this isn't working. They've jumped in with America and uh, the UK, but France didn't know anything about it, so the the president found out on Twitter while they were doing the announcement live. And then when they did the announcement live, oh, Joe Biden, he didn't know bloody the prime minister's name, Scott Morrison. And he goes, I'd like to thank uh, Boris Johnson. And and, uh, and he looks at the screen where ScoMo's sitting there and he goes, my, uh, my good mate from down under. Thank you, prime <laughs> minister. <laughs> it's like, oh. Did he say that fella? He's like, that yeah, that, fella that, from down under? Yeah. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. And then it kicked off here. Whenever a country wants to protest, right, and they go, right, we're pissed off, they always send their correspondent or the, the relations minister oh, or whatever the, yeah, home. The embassy. Yeah, embassy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, they had this all hoo-ha. There was, like, no one at the airport. And the, the French ambassador or whatever, he's got his little trolley bag and he's, like, waving goodbye. It's like... <laughs> As if that, as if oh, anyone gives yeah. a shit. Yeah. Some, some lady standing at Starbucks, like, 
Well, yeah. Bye. And then, and then <laughs> I, I just get this feeling that um, Jacinda Ardern fucking hates Australia now. Like she's oh, pissed yeah, at she it. Does. Ever since you started talking, they started telling us we were like cavemen or something to come out of the cave and talking about some like some kids movie, reference some kids movie that no one had seen. And they were like, Ice Age or something. Yeah. yeah. But she, she said the subs ain't welcome anywhere near New Zealand. And I, That's I was she, expect- got, she got excluded from the deal, I think. Yeah. Oh. But uh, in fairness, that's not really a big loss, is it? I don't feel like we need heaps of... In Auckland Harbour. (laughs) The last time we let the French, or or, or like we got embroiled in uh, nuclear protests and all sorts of this, they came and sunk the Rainbow Warrior. So I think we just Mm. need to steer clear of this and stick to windmills. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Yeah. So what else is happening? What do you got left, Bills? You've got, you're done. No, you've got one more. I've got uh, I've got something, but I'm not sure what yet. Um, hey, speaking of not having any more, mm. um, or potentially not having any more, is Tony Martin retiring? I saw yeah. that, mm. and he had a he had a ripper yesterday. He got sixth, mate. It was so good, eh? Yeah, I was thinking about this when he he actually told me a while ago he was going to retire, and um. And I thought about it, uh, and he told me because of all the crashes and stuff. And I was like, thinking about his run of crashes, and I was like, for sure, I don't know all of them, but I think about the ones where I was directly on his wheel, and that guy has taken more oh, yeah. than anybody should. I was thinking about 2019 Vuelta. We started with a triple T, and do you remember that incident where like we were down the salt mines and like Yares or something? Mm. And I was Alicante. Everyone went through clean and we were like one of the last teams to go. And then someone was filling their swimming pool up on the hill and that they overfilled it or like the side of it burst and all this water ran down just like on the apex of this corner on this super Off cambered roundabout. And we went through there at full speed. Like we were up. I don't know if we were going to, we were like potentially going to win or we were within, you know, we were going to be first or second, like 2K to go and our whole team just ate shit on this thing. And I was like, oh, and I, I actually held it up because I saw the water. But Primoz accelerated through the water, and obviously, we were everyone. No one sort of chance. Like anyone was going to crash there. But I mean, basically, so that was the start of that race. And then a few days later, there was that crash where like um, Rigoberto ran like punctured his lung and broke his shoulder, and like Roche was like mm. broke his collarbone, and Tony got so fucking hurt in that crash. You know, gets up, rides to the finish. Like we're like, oh man, this guy's tough. Couple like about a week later. There was that famous stage where um, we're quick step, we're coming down, racing down this hill, and it was wet. And quick step came under real quick and locked mm. the, like the moss. And me and Primoz crashed on one side of the wall, and he just stayed in the middle of the road. And I got up and I went over to talk to him, and he just had blood like running down his head. And I was like, "Mate, you, you okay?" And he's just like, "Who's that? I can't see." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I was like, um, all right." This is about my pay grade. I was like, Medic! The radio. I was like, um, Primoz and George need spare bikes. Tony needs an ambulance. And then we got our spare bikes. And then I hear on the radio, Movistar attacking yeah. full speed. And I was Movistar like, Movistar winning the crosswinds, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was just thinking about just that race. And I was like, man, that guy took some hits. And then we get back on the bike, like 2020, the next grandy he starts was a tour. He crashed, but he actually didn't finish because he got kicked out from the altercation with Luke. And then he went to the Giro and he actually didn't finish because the team got COVIDed out of the race. 
But then we went to Paranese this year, and same thing, on his wheel, whole team come in, the road opens, there's this pole, and he didn't stand a chance, like, like crashed, broke his elbow, comes back in time for, like, the tour, crashes full speed into the famous sign, Omi sign, yeah. sign, and then somehow gets back up, and then the second crash on the Von 2 day, that's what did it. And then he was proper out. And I was just thinking, man, like, so many guys would have taken one of those hits and never got back up. Mm. Like, that was such massive hits. And but at he that just, point, yeah. at that point in your career when you're Tony, like, he's achieved so much. He's been multiple world champion. Yeah. How old is Tony? Like, he must be, like, 36 or 37. He's 36. Right? But I think he's and, got four world titles or three yeah. in a couple of seconds. Yeah. And, like, he's still, like... Still really good. good. Like, he, yeah. oh, he's still, oh, like, like in, in Jumbo, um, in terms of, like, a, a guy for the flats and everything for a GC team, he's one of the best, if not... He's, he is our best. He's our best, yeah. like, go-to Diesel. Yeah. So, like, there's no doubt that he still has the capabilities to continue to race at a high level, and there's no doubt that teams would want him, I'm sure. And But, like, for him now, when he, you look back to what he's, what he's achieved and everything... The risk just doesn't outweigh the reward anymore. Right? It's different mm. when you're younger. You're like, okay, yeah, I got injured, but you know, like, let's battle through that because I can still be a cyclist for 15 years, you know, in the future and achieve big results. But he's done all that. He's done that 15 years, and now he's like, do I want to keep being injured? You know, he like, made a good point to me actually because <clears throat> he's like, like, you know what the tour is like, Bills. You've experienced the wrath of it firsthand. Like, the tour for years was like, okay, you go there and you expect this amount of madness, right? You go, okay, it's a tour. And, and it's, in a way, it's almost an excuse for everyone to just be absolute idiots and take every risk under the world and go, yeah, but it's a tour. So whether you agree with that or not, that's kind of how the tour is nuts. But it used to be that every other race is also, what was just like, oh, it's not the tour, you know? But now he's made a point, he's like, every race you go to is like the tour. Like Tour mm. of Britain, the break went, and then, like, the break is gone, day one, 10K into the race. Everyone's still fighting for position. We come around this corner. Everybody eats shit. I make it through, but then get taken out from behind. And I'm like, damn it, 10K. And, like, what? This is such an unnecessary crash. Get back up, chase for 20 minutes. 5K to go on the stage. Huge fight again. Another crash. I get taken out. It's like, shit, twice in one day. Mm. And I'm pretty sure, like, back in the day, it was more like, I mean, I, I can never... You always look back through rose tinted glasses, but I'm pretty sure like there wouldn't have been a massive fight in Tour of Britain for, you know, it wouldn't have been the big lead out trains that you get in the Tour where everybody lines up their team and drag races for a corner. Do you know what it is? I think is that like racing is is in the last couple of years, particularly racing has become much harder and much more unpredictable. You know, mm. and the level is so high that there's actually like, <clears throat> although like it seems like from the outside when you look at result sheets of big races, it's it's typically the same riders winning. You know, this Van Arts winning and Vanderpoel's winning and the Roglic's winning and the is winning. The the actual um, amount of people capable of winning those races is much more than it than it used to be, I reckon. Mm. And so every single team has somebody that they believe in. And the because the racing is so unpredictable, whereas like you know, five years ago, you'd always it was it was simple. It was like Tour of Flanders. Okay, we're going to do all this stuff. Yeah, there's some certain places where it's good to be in good position because at the top it's a bit hard and, you know, it might be a bit windy, it might string out. So <clears throat> ideally be a bit further forward than, you know, in the middle of the bunch or whatever. But ultimately, we're going to get to the Quaramont the second time and that's where the race is going to go down. It's going to split. Mm. It's going to be the first split. It was predictable in a sense. 
nowadays, mate. Like that, that shit's happening a hundred k out. You know, mm. so every every section where it's a small road or a hard corner onto a steep climb or a, uh, you know like a big long open road into a left hand steep descent, all of those all of those um, points are critical now because nobody knows where the race is going to start. Yeah. So that's why we're constantly racing for every single tight bit of road, every single climb, every single descent. But the other, so other just... thing is like guys like you now can do six sorts of kilo. So it used to be like if you go hard up a climb, there would be like 40 guys like me left. And then... Yeah, but I'm 10 kilos heavier. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a lot of guys like big guys getting over these hills. Mm. So like you've still got 80 guys coming into a finish where there used to be 30 or whatever, you know, like it just, it just doesn't thin out quickly either. I, w I was talking to Durbo, so I raced the Benelux Tour uh, last week, or the week before, previously, Eneco Tour, and, um, and there was a, there's a couple of sort of, uh, there's an Ardennes stage and there's a, like a Tour of Flanders sort of type stage, and <clears throat> there was all these points, like critical points, constantly, like every 5 or 10k, <clears throat> we were having to race for a corner, you know, and this is like 150k to go in these stages, you know, race for this corner, okay, you got position 10k later race for this other corner and like like i was saying just before you the races are so unpredictable that you actually you can't take the risk of like being too far back but then i also said to him i was like mate if you look at the this the top classic guys you know you look at van Avermaet, you look at van der Poel, van Aert, like these guys sagan at a certain point in, a, in those races they always there's always one critical moment where they go i'm not i'm going to take the risk and not get involved because it's so much, it's so high pressure and so intense that like you keep making those little micro efforts throughout mm. a two hundred and fifty k classic. You, you, def, you, you don't have the same amount of you know you, you've used bullets throughout the whole stage, and you might need that bullet in the final. But so all those top guys at a certain point, because there's so many of those critical moments, they actually go at a certain point. I'm going to take a breather and I'm going to miss one because I have to, otherwise I'm not going to have that bullet in the end. But a lot of other people don't think that way, and at least the teams don't in general. So you're always coming into those points with some pressure and some speed and some intensity. And that's why there's more, more and more crashes. And well, not just that, like there's a lot of things around the, the, the road safety as well. And, um, you know, fundamental things that could be changed by organizers and, and the UCI, but there's still like the racing has definitely changed. I'll tell you what it wasn't, what everyone thought it was with Tramadol. Everyone's like, oh, that's why there's crashes. Cause, cause some people might be taking Tramadol. And then, mm. like, I didn't, I don't think people were really, well, maybe they were, I don't know. But mm. it didn't get safer. I mean, no. it's great. It's great that you shouldn't be taking Tramadol. I think it's a good move. But not because of, not. And it, it's know. an interesting topic in the moment. Like, it's obviously a pretty hot topic at the moment in cycling is the rider safety issue. You know, we've got um, the riders union and the CPA sort of like two, the two unions that we have in cycling now pushing for, for, fundamental changes and having meetings with the UCI and the safety commissions and all the organizers and things. And like, I guess in the, in the last five minutes, we've just had a whole conversation about how riders are making it unsafe, but you have to actually go, you have to make changes to the courses to allow for that because we are programmed to race our bikes. Like that's, that's, that's how we're hardwired is to, we're not, we're not going to change how, how we approach dangerous sections or um, critical points because we are trying to win the bike race or we're trying to help somebody in our team win the bike race. So we understand that it's important. We need to be in this position. Okay, you can argue. If everybody just looked at each other and said, hey, guys, nothing's going to happen when we turn right here. Why don't we just roll into this corner like a 
you know, like chilled because nothing's going to happen. You could argue that point, but that's not how we're hardwired. That's not what we, what we do. So that's where the organizers and the UCI and things, they need that's to actually make That's when would attack. They need yeah. to make allowances for the way that we are hardwired and the way we race. Was that because was that the best bit of karma that ever happened when we all tried to neutralize that downhill and then they launched? <laughs> and and then, they, then they were going, hey, down, <laughs> hey, speaking of Lopez. Mm. Superman. Man, he made, like, okay, whether whether you agree with him stopping, so what he did, if people don't know, is he, he basically was sitting third in the Vuelta and a weird kind of strange dynamic played out where this group rolled off and they sort of had teammates there or he had a teammate there whatever anyway he um basically didn't make the group apparently wasn't allowed to wasn't allowed to ride and just went the group opened up and he was going to lose the podium and he just went i'm out stepped off i'm done so whether you agree with that or not yeah here we go loaded loaded question Loaded question, mm. gut feeling, what should he have done in that situation? Uh, I wouldn't have done it, but no. I'm notoriously a pussy and would be, you know, like, mm. you gotta, you got to make yourself, one, the only thing I respect about it, I mean, I wouldn't do it just because my teammates would work for me for three weeks at that point and everything, but what a way to make a point, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I love the ideal of it, you know, like, yeah. I... I I, I love that, like, he's gone, like, oh, if you don't want me to finish on the podium, fuck you, I'm not going to finish the race. How's that? <laughs> stick, up, yeah. stick it up your ass, you pricks. Like, it's I like the ultimate mic drop. I like, I like yeah. that ideal, but ultimately, like, the way to handle it probably would have been yeah, it wasn't the stage right, and then it. having an internal meeting and then yeah, going I, from there. You know, that might have, it might have still, it probably still would have resulted in him leaving the team because, the, you know, the, the argument. Geez, the it would have been happened, frosty. It would have been, been frosty that night. Imagine going back to the think, hotel. He didn't go. He didn't go. Didn't he? Nah. You would, you couldn't, you couldn't. Yeah, like, imagine. <laughs> imagine getting your trolley bag with your head down, going, "Good luck today, boys. Have a good one." And everyone's, oh, "Fuck off, mate." Because they had their big team dinner, and he was just like, "He's like, you want me to finish on the podium? I'm not going to dinner. Get fucked." Yeah, <laughs> I've even, I've even to. jumped off the WhatsApp group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he got to, the, he, was on, he was on the phone when he still had his helmet on. He still had like his helmet on, and one day I saw a boat video of him just on the phone to someone. Checked in on Ryan Ash still in his, his girlfriend, apparently. I reckon yeah. he was onto an evac helicopter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Netflix documentary. This is, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fast forwarding straight to, well, oh, episode yeah. stage 19. That'd be mm. awesome. Hey, I wanted to ask you, George, about what happened with that little kid at Tour of Britain because I saw he signed on with you guys the next oh, day. Oh, yeah viral video where young kid was riding alongside the peloton give the listeners some insight i tell you what if you ever want to boost your profile give a kid mm. a bottle ben. oh yeah for right <laughs> or wrong reasons he got yeah. slammed you've been riding the coattails of giving that kid a bottle at the bottom of bichale's at the 2017 welter for five years now yeah <laughs> that pops up weekly on my yeah. on my yeah. instagram feed um it was a good setup. I paid that kid a lot of money, be there, make a lot of noise, told his dad, okay, that's how you film it. It's a great mm. stitch up. Uh, make sure you get the kid... number visible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this kid was actually, uh, he had a good turn of speed on him. He must have put, oh, yeah. out, put out some waddies. Then he came and signed on. And, and, you know, I think what happened is after the initial bottle gate in 2017, <laughs> people realized the, the, advertising power of this so we just went all in like get this kid on the bus let's get him oh, so yeah. he was walking around the he was walking around the start gates with 
with a camera crew. Like the tour of Britain were on it. They were had like he was getting like asked for autographs and this and that from overnight. Oh yeah. Viral and, and sensation. Uh, mm. So he he's there with this walking around with his pass on, he's got full kit, like he yeah, How he, old he, was he? He's only like twelve or something, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. No, I think he was like I think he was nine. Oh maybe twelve. Yeah, he, was, he was young, wasn't he? Yeah. We brought him on the team bus actually. And yeah. uh, it was quite cool. We were like <laughs> caffeine gel. Well, this is the thing. I tried to stitch him up with coffee. I said, mate, you want coffee? He's like, nah, nah. I was like, oh, you gel? Gel? You like gel? It's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I, I was telling George when I, I caught up with George um, just when you returned from Britain and we were talking about it. And it reminded me of Giorgio. Remember Giorgio from the oh, 2015, yeah. 2015 the Giro who came on our bus? Yeah. And we were like, oh, do you want a coffee, Giorgio? And he's like, no, no. My heart. My heart. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> it was so oh, yeah. It was so People cool. People have no idea who Giorgio was. You better tell them. Well, we had in 2015, Giro, we, you were you were there, weren't you, James? You're doing the backstage talk. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Was and, this um, the one where you, only two of you finished? No, nah, nah, it was 2014. 2014. Oh. Um, but we were just mid-meeting on the bus at the st- one of the starts, like mid- midway through the Giro. And this kid, Giorgio, I don't know how old he was. He was probably about 15 or something. Yeah. Um, just walked on our bus. He's like, I love you guys. Just walked in. I love you guys. You're my favorite team. And we were like, uh, you can't just walk on our bus. And then we were like, ah, fuck it. Get in here, Giorgio. So we got him in here. We sat him down. The, he went around and met everybody. He's like, oh, Michael Matthews, Michael Matthews. He's yeah. so excited. And then we're like, oh, then Whitey was like, you want a coffee, Giorgio? He's like, no, no. My heart is too fast. We'll explode. And then, and like, then he, looked, he just sat in on the team meeting. And then the he goes, meeting. that's Gero's seat. Gero's not here anymore. He goes, legs, legs of Gerrans. I said, yeah. <laughs> and then he did the team and, uh, meeting. And then we did three cheers for Giorgio. He's a legend. And then that's the, the, the coolest thing is like since then, it's like, he was like 15. He was pretty young. Um, but now he he like just loves the team. And I think Hippie actually chats to him. He's got his WhatsApp yeah. number. Chat to each other. <laughs> and yeah. he's like he's like a top um, downhill skier yeah. now, old Giorgio. Yeah, and he yeah. like still messages the boys. He just loves it. He's a legend. Yeah. yeah. So I if think you're he listening, does all right with the ladies too. Like he's got a pretty decent rig, so yeah, he doesn't yeah. need to leverage. I think leverage skiers in general do. I think skiers are, uh, they do all right. Mm. Yeah, they do. Um, hey, in, in total random topic, did you see that? I think boxing in America is at a real crossroads. Bills, mm. were you ever into boxing back in the day, like you know Tyson and all these sort of yeah. fights? It's becoming an absolute joke. Did you see that Just Amanda? Ho- no, did you see Amanda Holyfield step back into yeah. the ring at fifty-eight, and yeah. he Got goes pounced. into the weigh-in and he looks like good Nick. So everyone's going, "Ah, oh, Vander, he's back." And then he's in the ring, man. He's he's just lost it. Like it was dangerous. Like the whole sport. Some UFC uh, dude or something. Oh, there's a problem. Mate. You've got some guy going to bite you and kick you in the knee. Oh, it was embarrassing. Yeah. And then you and then you've got YouTube stars like that. Um, what's oh, he, Paul. John Paul. The yeah. next fight he's going to get John, forty mil. Was it John, John Paul? Yeah, there's two John of them. Having his brother. There's two of them. Oh, it's Paul John and John Paul. I think and so, they. Yeah. Uh, John Paul's a pope, isn't he? <laughs> pope John Paul. Yeah. <laughs> So Don't the Pope's play. fighting Holyfield. The Pope's fighting Holyfield next. <laughs> yeah. This has got an extreme. Yeah. And Manny Pacquiao is running for president. That's right. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Philippines. Philippines. 
So he'll, he'll be he'll be straight in. I th- he'll be able to do whatever he wants. He's already in politics there, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. It's like Imran yeah. Khan, who's the president of Pakistan now. Who was a well, he's been president for a while, isn't he? Yeah, but he was like came from cricket, world famous. Cricket. Hey, did yeah. you see in cricket news? Did you see Pakistan, New Zealand just aborted the uh, tour of Pakistan? Oh, Not New Zealand, uh, New Zealand aborted. Born yeah, what did I say? You said Pakistan and New Zealand aborted it, but I don't think Pakistan oh, no, had anything to do no. with their bo- Judging by what I've read on the internet about the, if they if they were getting death threats before the game, if they weren't oh, like if they were marginal death threats before the game, there's pretty solid death threats now once they pulled out. The yeah, I often read like um, I follow a few like random hashtags New Zealand cricket whatever, and you often read how like fired up the Indian fans get. You know they're always just like. In broken English, essentially oh, yeah. talking about the bad things they're going to do to the players' mothers and things like this. And the Pakistanis have kicked off in a big way. Man, mm. they're, they're not happy. They yeah. are not happy. But a lot well, of I other think... players have piled on too. I mean, mm. a lot of a lot of um, like you know Indian stars, Pakistani ex stars, just piled on. Yeah, it's because Pakistan, obviously, um, with the yeah, like the the security or the safety issues of Pakistan in the, the last decade. I don't think they have hosted a tour for ages. Ages. And, and this was the first one. This was, you know, like the, the new Pakistan and democratic government and the safe and all that stuff. So New Zealand were going to be the first site to tour in Pakistan for years and years. And um, obviously Pakistan love cricket. Like, like example, yeah. Imran Khan, who's one of the greatest Pakistan cricket players of all time, is now the president of the country. But they love they love cricket. The, the um, issue is the Taliban have moved in. Back next yeah, door, yeah, that's right. Well, so we we can only assume that's that's the that's there's been no real. Yeah, but like what I don't understand is if if it's because of like death threats and that, what is the quota before they go? Right, that's enough. That's enough. Mm. Well, we had it in um in Dusseldorf. There was mm. um, and I remember feeling pretty uneasy about it. Tour started there 2017. We had a time trial in Dusseldorf, and there were these terrorist threats, and the security was was really at like like at first glance you didn't really notice much you noticed the roadblocks actually i think it was after the barcelona rambler um you know when the guys had taken the van down the rambler in barcelona mm. and then blown up the house in Rapoi. so we go training this is completely we've gone on side note here but where we go riding through Rapoi, this town just in northern catalonia there's this huge there's one house that's just missing. There's just this rubble. It's still nothing now. And that is where the guys that drove the the van down the Rambler had basically the next day were trying to make another explosive and had fucked it up completely and blew up the whole house and themselves. Anyway, um, what had happened in Dusseldorf was, I think it was around this time, just after or something, and there was, there was threats against the race. So they put up a lot of these sort of big concrete cinder blocks and things like that. But if you look really closely, they tried to keep like minimal presence, but if you look really closely, we had a German guy in our team and he's like, you know, look at this, like look here. And you actually saw all the undercover security was unreal. And that was with, you know, in Germany after one threat. So, you know, although you felt a bit uneasy, you basically put it out of your head and, you know, whatever, you're fine. But like, Therefore, I completely understand, like, New Zealand players. Imagine there'd been, like, some genuine threats, and they're going, yeah, come to Pakistan, mate. We'll, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll be take fine. you out. 
And then you've got no New Zealand security force there. You've got nothing. You're, you're, you know? The worst one is it's always the ones that they've stopped before they became, you know, was mm. able to activate it. I heard a shocker from the 2014 Giro when it was in uh, Belfast. Oh, and yeah. That's the worst. And they intercepted a van that was on its way. That was the, was the IR, was it the IRA or something were involved or someone? And uh, they stopped oh, it, and it's full of yeah, full of explosives and stuff. That would have been hmm. fucking terrible. So, and then we, we also went to Israel in 2018 for the Giro. That was like mm. I felt 100 percent safe there. Like there was there was always like there was, remember before George there was that, that group, the activist group sent an email to uh, the UCI requesting that we boycotted going to Israel, like a pro-Palestine yeah. group and stuff. And obviously we we weren't getting involved in the, the politics of of that stuff when we were there, but um well, like i, I felt did, and I, it didn't pay off oh yeah what did you do i got it from both sides because that's right you wore that t-shirt eh, or something it said free palestine I didn't, didn't you? I didn't do the cadell <laughs> evans free you know free how cadell free tibet. Tibet. Free tibet thing? Yeah. i didn't ride through with saying free palestine but all i said was in an interview once was like oh they've missed a trick here because it was the whole thing about west east jerusalem you know and like mm. and the the Giro wanted to say this is the prologue's going to start in West Jerusalem because you know Jerusalem's been divided in two. You know the Palestinian half, the Israeli half, and you know, and basically they they didn't do a very good job of dividing it or anything really. But they anyway, all I said was, and and, and then the Israel said, no, if you make this West Jerusalem, we're we're this is about a month before the race, we're pulling out. You guys can't come here. So they had no choice to say the tour starts in Jerusalem even though it started in the Israel part of the city. And all I said was in an interview was like, oh, like, you know, they've missed an opportunity here to show, you know, that they're at least trying to, trying to, you know, um, acknowledge Palestine's existence or, you know, because basically they just didn't. And mm -hmm. so I was there getting absolutely like, like smashed from Israeli side saying, how dare you, you know, this is, this is our land. This is where uh, there is no Palestine. But then I was also getting it from the Palestinian side saying, how dare you compete in a race that, you know what I mean? And I was like, in the end, I was like, okay, I'm here to race my bike. Shit. Mm. This is just actually a shit situation in general. It, it was, a, it was I, the one thing I remember about it was like, yeah, there was all the, all the talk about the security and stuff. But when we were there, I felt, I felt fine. And I, at this, remember the presentation, the sign-on, the uh, the yeah, the team presentation a couple of days before the race start. They had like sharpshooters on the roof, and there was like quite a lot of security around. Security mm. that you kind of don't notice unless you're looking for it. But if you do, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, there's there's definitely an alert level here to some degree. Anyway, it all went off without a hitch. And then um, two or three days later, we flew out of um, we flew out of this airport, like down, right mm. down the bottom of Israel. Right down the bottom. Where, where, yeah. where was that? It wasn't Tel Aviv. It was. No, uh, no, nah, nah, it was like a small, like military yeah, airport. Yeah, right eh? on the and border of um, is of Egypt, of no. Jordan, 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 I think. and I, like somewhere. Like Jordan that. even and, border Israel. I think so. Isn't it? Not sure. Down the south. Um, yeah. <laughs> all you drug free people out there, let us know. Anyway, we got we and I. It was quite a like I don't know, maybe naively of me. I took a photo of this military airport like red was like the red sea airport or something and um straight away i took this photo man this security guard just went whoof, over to me i was like delete that photo i had to show him that i deleted it and really then, yeah and then um we anyway we got 
we, we got to Italy and we started racing the rest of the race and everything went up with went off without a hitch. And then we arrived in Rome for the last stage in Rome. And that was when it like got a bit freaky. Remember there was that one section down the back straight of that oh, crazy with, circuit with the flags with the free Palestine activists Mate. with these flags and just I've throwing shitting myself. Throwing, throwing balls, shit at us, man. man throwing unreal. like coming through, like just getting like shit thrown at us. I think what they were throwing like pamphlets, like pieces of paper that had yeah. like it was obviously like a, a, a poster saying, you know, uh, what they were doing. And like, but like it wasn't hard stuff, but it was just all this paper. And every lap you came around, it was just this group was getting wilder and wilder and wilder. And we were like, and then the last lap, they were just gone. Yeah. The last and then lap, like, they were just. <laughs> all of a sudden, they're like, you know, after five laps, there's a cop there. Then all of the second lap, there's another cop there. Then the next minute, there's the fucking riot police there. And then they're, then they're all gone. <laughs> like we were racing, and this this circuit was dangerous enough as it was. Just so, like, <laughs> let alone like, dealing with that. Let, like, don't worry about a busted pool. Group. We're like, uh, uh, we don't Fuck understand. We're just, we're just I like racing. the circuit races for how things progress. Like yeah. we had it once in um in. Do you remember the race you do in between Cadell Evans race between Down Under and Cal Evans? It's like the in the oh. Melbourne Park on the on the yeah, on the Formula yeah, One course. Three. Yeah, and we had a teammate. But like so we did a warm-up lap and there, there used to be this massive like a pedestrian crossing halfway through with these like you know those u-bolt kind of metal poles for like safety as a, in the middle of the road so it was just like a pedestrian crossing and they obviously take them out for the f1 part and we did one lap and we went oh they haven't taken them out for the bike race so we everybody watch out remember first lap poles three came into the race we came around one guy on our team didn't get the memo straight into this pole like his bike went sky high i think it took gaty out as well i think it might have yeah. broken gaty's collarbone um yeah, it broke something yeah yeah and anyway so uh, we come around like oh that's a bad crash next lap we come around our guys still on the ground and we're like oh shit next lap we come around there's like a bunch of medics with them next lap we come around ambulance next lap we come around he's on a stretcher and the whole time we don't have radios the whole time we're going like Fuck, this is just getting worse and worse and worse. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> the theme of the show today. Um, <laughs> so, the, you know what I mean? But it just builds up. And then you're ahead each lap. You've got no communication. You don't know what's going nah. on. And you've got a whole lap to think about. And you're like, fuck, what's happening next lap? You know, and you come around and you just stretch it off. In the end, he was fine. Broke a foot. Um, but <laughs> 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 Yeah, really weird. Yeah, no, but it's uh, it's interesting that uh, those circuit races they progress and like like talking about that sun tour one, you know, it goes on and on like because it's a Friday evening starts at five, the last rider goes off at seven. By the time you're the last rider, you're in the mosh pit. Eh? <laughs> you were just getting these pissed up, thrown at you. Oh yeah, pissed up HBSC investment bankers. <laughs> like, but it was smart. That's so good. Off shirts open. Got a guy tie around his head. Just like, yeah. <laughs> that's smart though where they did that circuit because most of those people aren't there for the bike race as you said they're already booked into the pub and they're on the yeah. piss but when they go to sponsors and they go we had 150,000 come mm. down the race today and they go mm. no you didn't yeah, they <laughs> you just strategically put it through the most popular areas and that was it yeah so uh, anyway, anyway that's it. what about um what about should we just touch quickly on the on Super Gunner, is that what they call him? Super Gunner. Oh, the world's yesterday. Won the world's trip, won the world's time trial yesterday. Felipe oh, Gunner. Well, like, he seemed like a around. great dude, but I was 
I um, I had my emotional emotional investment in Walt mm. yesterday. Gunner is a good dude. I'll tell you what, I've never yeah. spoken to the guy in my life. And the first time I spoke to him was in Tourist Sardinia, which was a week before they were flying to the world uh, to the Olympics for the team pursuit. And Gunner was there doing his, like his last little preparation with the Italian national team. And then he was he was racing going. there. As he a, was racing. What a strange build up. So then he was TP. then he was going for the uh, no, he was going for the yeah for the team pursuit. And um, mm. and I'd never spoken to him before. We we're in the group header one day, and I went up to him. and I said, "Hey, Filippo, how fast are you guys going? You know." You guys on? How fast are you going in team pursuit? And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going fast. And then I was like, how fast? Like, what times? And he's like, oh, fast, fast. Probably thinking the whole time, who the fuck is this guy? And then, um, <laughs> like, anyway, doesn't, he's there, bro. <laughs> doesn't tell me anything. And then the next day, we're in the group header again, and I got to him, I'm like, hey, Filippo, come on, man. How fast? How fast? <laughs> come, on. come on. And he's like, yeah, fast. We're going, we're going really well. We're going fast. And then I'm like, okay. Next day, screw it again. I was like, "Hey, Filippo, come on, mate. Come on, mate. come on. We're we're all mates here. How fast are you going? Do your turns. You go faster than your then, fucking bronze in London, and then, mate. And then, eventually, <laughs> then eventually, he goes, oh, "I was going to get rid of this fucking guy. It's been three days. Yeah. He goes, oh, we broke the world record in training last week with uh with uh two reserves in the team.' And I was like, "Oh, yeah. So we are going fast. He's like, yeah, we're going fast. And then I was like, "Oh." I won my first um, I won my first Olympic bronze medal in uh, Beijing in three minutes fifty seven seconds and he just goes <laughs> and then just rode off. <laughs> so we're doing a podcast right now talking about Ghana, yeah, great bloke. He's doing this podcast right. He's probably in Italy doing this podcast. He's like, Yeah, ma, ma there's this guy from New Zealand, what an idiot. I mean he comes uh, to me every day. How fast, yeah. how fast and ah uh, Fanculo. Yeah. And then he goes, and That's he only not... won two bronze. Yeah. <laughs> he just <laughs> broke four minutes. I yeah. did it by myself. I do. <laughs> Grande Uno champion. Gamba. Uno gamba. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. classic. No, but, but yeah, he, yeah um, he good battle last night for the world. How good was actually watching a TT where, like, how good is cycling in Belgium? I hate riding my bike in Belgium. But um, watching the fact that people were G'd up for a time trial and like out in numbers cheering at people and the best thing was was Ghana was coming through behind Walt and the whole crowd were going on like slow down slow down <laughs> like giving him this mm. one <laughs> there was big crowds there right eh? yeah the road race is going to be unreal man unreal mm. who's going to win it Maggie yeah all right shall we, we we're not going to do a show before um we won't okay. do a show before, before so the road let, race so let's make our predictions now for the elite men's let's say you can elite women's you can't choose Walt. You, no. Okay, you can choose a favourite and a... Outsider. Outsider, but, I mean, okay, who are our favourites? We're going to say Cobrelli, Walt, Van Aert, Alaphilippe are our four guys that you can pick one of, and then you have to pick another. You know, oh, you I shotgun Maggie. Oh, we're no, he's I'm, just, not, <clears throat> I'm not going to pick any of those guys. Who are you going to pick? I'm going to pick... I'll go, I'll go my two my two guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Sagan, Sagan, it's just come yeah. off a win in Slovakia. Big win of Slovakia, Sagan yeah. and Askren. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Valgren and. Uh, yeah, I mean the Walt. I feel like you know, obviously the smart money says Walt. He's paying. He's paying two dollars forty. He's a clear favorite. And. Next best is Van der Poel paying $10 or something. Mm. Like, unreal favourite. Hasn't been a favourite so quick. But 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Um, yep, Valgren and actually Maggie. Man, Maggie's fine. Mm. Holy shit. Mm. I'm going to have two picks: Magnus Court, second pick Magnus Court. All right, I'm, double, yeah, I'm doubling down. Doubling down. Yep. Hey, how good and, are the Danes? Uh, Considering that three of our picks contain different Danish riders, how good is their team? The Danes and the Italians are fucking hit squads. Who are the mm, other Italians? You've got Colbrelli, Garner. Colbrelli, Trentin. Trentin oh. just won, Trentin just yeah. won yesterday. Um, Sobrero? Sobre, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. He rode the TT. Yeah, Nizzolo. he's good. Man, he's good. Nizzolo. Uh, this. Oh, Affini? Is Ado doing it? Big dog? I reckon for sure him or Garner will be doing it. There, but there's another good big guy who just won recently. Why can't I think about it now? Cobrelli, Trenton, Nizzolo. Who uh, won recently in other Italian? Ulissi? I don't know. Anyway, they've got a good squad. And them and the um and the Danes. The Danes are Danes are strong, eh? What I was thinking about this, the reason I think the Danes are good on a just as we're wrapping up to drag it out, is you look at the Belgies or the Dutch, right? Great squads. Wellens, Benut, all these guys, Belgians. But they are all 100% backing in well. So they've got one option. So immediately, there's eight riders there that all potentially could be outsiders. But they've got such a clear favourite that now there's only one guy from Belgium that can win the race because the others are all backing them in. Whereas that's you look at the Danes... That's won't win. That's, that's not mm. how you win in Belgium, man. You look at the Tour of Flanders like, yeah, over quick the last step. Few You years. need to run a quick step style. And that's yeah, why I reckon the yeah. Danes are in with a shot because they've got yeah. Askren... Uh, Maggie and Valgren. And then they've got like, what, Jul Jensen? Also like fucking No, nah, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. Oh, no? Valgren, uh, Askren, um, Maggie. Jonas? My boy, Jonas Vinegar, is he doing it? Nah, it's all classics dudes, man. Peters, Mads Pedersen, previous oh, world champion. Previous world champ. Um, is it going to rain? If it rains, I'm changing to Pedersen. If it's cold and shit, I'm going Pedersen. What about, what about, what about the, Remco? Uh, Remco's going good. Yeah, man. He, he, he's he's going to be like in Belgium. It's the final's going to start seventy k, eighty k to go. Those mm. those are the guys that are going to start launching early. You know, the Valgreens mm. or the Pedersons and the Remcos and uh, the Trentines and all that sort of stuff. You know, and that's where I reckon. I, I reckon as a favourite, it's going to be hard to win there. I feel sorry for Walt because he is so good, and everybody's going to race against him. Yeah, yeah. Now he's good. Though. Tour of Britain, we ended up with four guys. Just trying to control this race. Mm. Mm. Luckily, like if you had to do it with anyone that wasn't him, we would have lost that race straight away. Yeah. Who, who do you reckon what the women's Van yeah. Bluten? Is Van der Bregen gonna get the fairy tale ending to her career? Nah, she's sick. Something's wrong with her. Oh yeah? yeah. Um Lizzie Dygan. Get... Yeah, Lizzie. To know. Voss. 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 Voss will be hard to beat. She's in good form at the moment. Mm. I I reckon. Yeah, Van Vluten maybe for the TTA. Eh? Low, low Kopke. Yeah, Kopecky. should be good. All that Volering, maybe. Volering. Do you know oh, who I'm backing in is um, New Zealand's own name. Oh, also, if this goes out in time, get up today because Finn Fisher Black on for the U23 TT. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ella Harris, she was she finished third overall in a race that just finished yesterday. So she. We're just naming names now. We're just popping off names. We don't really. I just oh, got a, uh, a notification. All construction shut down in Victoria. I see. Right. 
So the protesters, the, the, the guy with the microphone is going, I've worked my ass off. Do you just want me to shut it down? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shut it down. It's done. Better cancel those Renos, Jonesy. That's it. I'll just have to get the flat packs myself, mate. Oh, boy, yeah. if the mist is rolling in, I've got a ride today. I'll just give you this. Oh, for, the, for our YouTube viewers, you see this in Valera. You see, oh, you can't really get it on there, but she comes over the it. top of past La Casa and it's it just spewing over like the top. So it can be a beautiful day here in Andorra, which it is, and it is about four degrees and cold, literally mm. 2K up the road, just stays there. Sure. So, uh, that's probably going to come down and I might jump on my bike. It's not going to come nice. down. But um, anyway, that's a good show. Let's, I don't want to end this on a on a somber note, but obviously we saw the news of Chris Anker Sorensen's mm. tragic passing a couple of days ago. So thoughts to uh, his family and ex-teammates and friends and everybody. It's mm. Yeah, he was a bloody legend, though. Yeah. Mm. It's been a really, really bad run, actually, um, with this. Like around Andorra, Girona, there's been some some horrible crashes lately and also with Chris and stay safe. Yeah, yeah stay safe sure. everybody. Look after mm, each yep. other. Been a good show. Um, remember to like, share and subscribe, send us questions and um, just, you when know. When will we just, be back? When will we be back? That's the million dollar question, Jonesy. When will we be back? Yeah, off season there's no excuse, but we, one thing for sure is we won't be doing the, the live shows. Oh, just too much stress. I'm not doing a live show in my life. No. George's, <laughs> we almost like lost George. Spiral. We almost lost George. He was, like he was so cooked top. by the experience. That was it. <laughs> we really had to nurture him back into the starting lineup. Yeah. I just felt like I was so exposed. The amount of stuff yeah. that gets edited out of here that I have to, you know, like, actually, we've got a we're gonna, free show. We're, we're going to break right. it to you, George. But since you never listen to the show, we never edit anything out. This goes <laughs> no. out as Raw. it is. That's it. Every time. That's it. With no planning, so, really. So far, so good. I can't promise that will always be good, but so far, so good. Uh, uh, good show, boys. Like, sh like share, subscribe. All right. See you later. See ya.